0: Welcome to the No More Late Keys podcast. I'm Jackie.
1: And I'm Danielle. And welcome to our very first episode. We're just two best friends and ex-blockbuster employees re-watching some of our favorite movies from the late 90s and early 2000s.
0: I'm super excited to be doing this because it combines everything that we love, which is 90s and 2000s movies, especially teen movies, because those were our years. And I'm so happy that I can have my best friend and we can just talk shit about movies. Yeah.
1: I think (laughs) we've been waiting our entire friendship for this to pretty much unleash our useless movie knowledge on the world. So. I think this is perfect. So how are we going to kick off this first episode? Well, when we were trying
0: to decide from the long, long, long list of amazing and not so amazing 90s and early aux movies and looking at our timelines, we realized that April 8th, the day that our podcast launches, is Rex Manning Day. So what better way to celebrate Rex Manning Day than to do
1: Empire Records? I think it wasn't really that hard. <laughs> when we found out it was that day, we we're like, yes, we pretty much celebrate this on a normal basis. So why not?
0: <laughs> and an excuse to rewatch Empire Records. So
1: yeah. you and I came up with a, I think, a very unique yet cool, well, probably nerdy, but cool to us um, <laughs> rating system. Um, and of course, surprise, surprise, there's a blockbuster theme. Before we get into any movie, we'll reveal the rating of our Y2K versions of our and what they would give the movie. Then at the end, we'll see if our current cells agree with our initial rating. Our scale will consist of... Would buy it or would buy it again. Pretty much the best movies that we would play on constant repeat.
0: Five-day rental.
1: Would watch again.
0: Two-day rental.
1: Okay, but nothing to write home about. And same-day rental. Trash, straight up trash. I can't wait to do same-day rental movies. <laughs> well, see, that's, I think that's where it gets kind of messed up because I think every other normal person's same-day rental rating would be our, would buy it again because <laughs> yeah, we, we do love trash movies, so.
0: We really do. So. It's like, it's our favorite pastime is just
1: watching really shitty movies and just loving the crap out of them, so. Okay. What did YTK Jackie think of Empire Records? Um,
0: A thousand percent would buy it. I bought it then. I bought it on DVD and I own it on iTunes.
1: Yeah, that's not overkill at all. Um, (laughs) You know, honestly, I didn't even check before we did this if I had the DVD. I feel like in my gut that I do have it upstairs, but since I streamed it when we rewatched it, I... I don't know, but I do have it as a would buy it. I think we're on the same at least we ag- <laughs> yeah. At least we agree on that. So <laughs> <laughs> right. oh, Empire Records, for those
0: of you who do not know, um, released in 1995, had a lot of up and coming actors and actresses kind of put some people on the map. And essentially it's a day in the life of a record store that's financially struggling and they're hosting this like washed up, Sean Cassidy
1: type character. That's a really um, good um comparison because he did my, give me Sean Cassidy vibes.
0: Well, I mean, the family way was just a thinly veiled partridge family, <laughs> was it not? <laughs> so it was this douchey guy that comes into the store and old ladies are fawning all over him. That's what the movie is about. So let's jump into it because. I was super excited to rewatch it. And I mean, I relived my
1: Empire Records fantasy. Yeah. I mean, when you talked about like had a lot of up and coming movie stars and actors and actresses and whatever, I mean, there was a lot of 90s, I'm a, I'm about to blow up the world kind of actors in there. I mean, Liv Tyler, of course, I think this is like one of her first movies, I think
0: this was her first movie. She had only ever done the crazy Aerosmith video
1: prior to this
0: with Alicia Silverstone, which I'm pretty sure. Yeah, it was pre-Clueless. And I think they were shopping Empire Records around in a studio. Whatever studio bought, um, Clueless had just purchased it. So they weren't in the market for Empire Records. No, it was the other way around. The studio had just purchased Empire Records and passed on Clueless. I so, feel
1: like that's a Julia Roberts um, quote right there. Big mistake. Huge. Huge. <laughs> huge.
0: <laughs> Even though I adore Empire Records, you got to go where the money and the popularity is. So yeah, the, the production company definitely lost out on that one. Apparently Toby Maguire was supposed to be in this movie and they cut out all his scenes. He played Andre.
1: One of the best decisions they ever made. <laughs> I kind of agree. Yeah. I don't I don't feel his vibe in that movie at all no so so
0: <laughs> opening scene is kind of odd
1: like he yeah. just
0: uh the character Lucas had good intentions but I mean who takes nine grand and blows it in Atlantic City
1: right so the movie <laughs> the movie starts off very Ferris Bueller Zach Morris style where he's kind of talking to the audience um, crossing over that fourth wall kind of They style. break the fourth
0: wall constantly, yeah. and I live for that.
1: <laughs> Lucas is supposed to, I guess, it seems like it's his first time closing, which of course gave me so many PTSD memories of having to close at Blockbuster. I don't even, I think I would like to just completely omit the entire beginning of the movie until when ethan embry comes onto the screen yes because- yeah like if,
0: it doesn't propel the story other than lucas blew this month right and so like it could have been lucas like just tells them, Hey, I tried to save empire records and I blew the nine grand I was supposed to deposit. But really Mark is the star of the show. (laughs) I love him so much. And I know everyone's going to get tired of me just gushing about Ethan Embry slash Randall, but have you noticed how they used him for awkward transitions in the movie? Like it would just be this random thing and like, oh shit, we have to get to this next scene and there's no like natural transition. So let's have Mark eat a pot brownie and dance with Guar, and then everyone will forget what happened in the last scene and be ready for the next scene. Like it was, they used it every time there was that awkward transition, which I found fascinating and I love because more screen time for him. We definitely have to talk more
1: about that concert because- (laughs) Yeah, we'll get to it. (laughs) That was insane. But I I just want to know. Okay, so Lucas seems responsible for a second. He is closing the store. And then that random white lady shows up and was like, oh my God, my husband's a trucker. And like, didn't do anything. I was just like, what's happening? Is this the beginning of a porn? Like, this is super weird. I did not
0: have that version. (laughs) Really? What I know, I know they released like an extended kite. You must've watched the extended kite.
1: (laughs) Well, they don't need it. I don't need it. I don't need to see like, okay. So you missed out. Let me tell you, let me tell you. So he's closing out and it's midnight. And he's telling this lady, she's like trying to get into the store. She doesn't need anything. She just wants to go in the store. And she talks about her trucker husband for like five minutes and tells Lucas he needs to live life to the fullest and take chances, which sends him on a journey to break all of Joe's rules, which I don't know if everybody's familiar, but Joe's rules are (laughs) one, count the money twice. Great rule. Two, keep your hands off his beer and cigars. And three, keep your hands off his drumsticks. That's it. Very simple. After this lady comes in randomly, Lucas says, I choose violence and I'm going to break rule number two and three. He smoked the cigar, drank the beers, played with the drumstick. He didn't
0: drum though. He just played with the drumsticks. Whatever. Joe said, don't touch them. Touch (laughs) them. But like he (laughs) disobeyed the instructions. Exactly. Because Joe didn't say, don't drum my drums. He said, don't fuck with my drumsticks. And Lucas is like, ha, watch this. (laughs) While smoking a cigar and drinking a beer. But he did count the money twice because he told the craps table crowd that. All right, we're going to move on.
1: So Lucas went, took the dying, the record store's money. And then slowly but surely in the beginning, you start to meet each one of the record store employees. You get a little glimpse of each of their personalities.
0: Obviously, Corey is in love with Rex Manning because she used to watch him on the family way. And then Renee Zelliger kind of seems like the more experienced no you need to like just pretty much fuck him and Corey is going to offer rex manning her virginity and this dude straight up looks not even that like he could be her dad but could almost be her grandpa which i, I mean, find bizarre i mean why are we gonna say that about max call philly and nothing <laughs> to nobody just i mean to but it was just The casting, I feel like they could have done someone a tad bit younger.
1: I think that was the point, though. I think that was the point to give you the, like, what is this girl thinking? And, you know, and let's put it in perspective that um, Liv Tyler was 17 years old when she filmed this movie. She hadn't even turned 18 yet. She had to have a a chaperone with her as she filmed the movie because she was so young. This is true. And the rest of the cast were all in their early twenties. I also thought it was weird when I was doing research on the movie that one of the factoids that showed up on every site was that everybody loved live on the set. And I'm like, again, 17 and everybody is like mm, 23,
0: 24. Yeah. Ethan number was like, I had a crush on her that carried over into when we were shooting that thing you do. I'm like, boy, you held that torch for a long time. Yeah. <laughs> So everyone starts to enter the store. I found it odd that um, AJ just came to hang out because he was just painting and doing his art in the back for the first half of the movie. First off, what store has like the space to just let someone set up a, an art studio
1: okay, okay. in the back of the, <laughs> in of the store. I'm glad we're talking about that because there's so many things. First of all, you you know, yes, AJ is just randomly there, but it seems like AJ was actually scheduled to work. Corey was not scheduled to work and she came in for Max. What's his name? Rex, Rex Manning. Manning. I combined his name. Make Max. <laughs> So I don't know what business just lets all the employees work all at once. I mean, everybody. Because she was on a register almost immediately. Well, she had to be because they they had the emergency when they found out. Oh, by the way, all the money gone. (laughs) But that doesn't increase the
0: amount of people that are going to, like you would have scheduled. First off, if a celebrity is coming into your store you probably schedule everyone anyway okay and not give the girl the day off but you're right she did have the day off because joe was like why the fuck are you here and she's like it's rex manning day i don't with know lust she in was- her eyes
1: <laughs> i don't think she was off i think she wasn't scheduled to the to after- later that day okay yeah. So he was like, why are you here? And she's just, okay. First of all, we got very early red flags that, um, Corey was fucking crazy.
0: I mean, yeah, she made cupcakes. I
1: make cupcakes. Hold on now.
0: But she said she stayed up all night and made cupcakes. Or she, she did not say she stayed up all night. She said there are 24 usable hours in every day, which to me
1: implies she stayed up all night making cupcakes. Well, we learn why later, why <laughs> she had so much time. <laughs> One of the things that I did write down and I thought was weird, like, so Berko, <laughs> does he live across the street like so part of the routine as you see a few of the groups of people who work there start coming into empire there's a dedicated scene for Corey and gina to stop what they're doing and call out to burko to wake him up and he comes out of what i assume is a shed (laughs) what (laughs) oh so this okay okay he lives in a shed yes yes so um okay everybody watch the extended version of this movie because there's a lot of gems apparently that thing had me baffled
0: yeah (laughs) he straight walks out of this homeless shed next to the empire well maybe because deb Deb kicked him out and so he had to just go sleep next to the empire
1: (laughs) we'll get to we'll get to deb in a second Because I have questions about that too. So yeah, I I definitely put Berko, where does he live? And- (laughs) (laughs) I love that question. And then he disappears. We don't see him again till maybe like the second act of the movie. I did love the scene where they used m ms to pick, you know- Oh, it's so good.
0: I I wish- I wish we would have carried that over into Blockbuster life. Oh my God.
1: Twizzies. <laughs> Notes. We should have thought of m ms to pick our movies. If you didn't know, at Blockbuster, we could only play in the background. The trailer. The trailers or, well, we 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 broke the rules and played G-rated Disney films.
0: Well, So it was supposed to be, you played the monthly trailer that was provided to you. Once you listen to like, your sugar ray, I want to fly 50 times. You're like, fuck this shit. I have to play something else. We would play like Disney movies or G rated movies because it was a lot more fun than listening to the trailer and advertisements. <laughs> You know, maybe that's the why Blockbuster went under is because all of its employees didn't advertise for it in the
1: store and we just watched shit instead. Okay, so tell me if this is extended or not. Okay. Um, does Corey's little sister come running in with... No. Okay. <laughs> Another exclusive extended cut. Corey's younger sister runs in and Gina's like really rude to this little girl, by the way. It's like the two of them got beef. Just got to be like 12, or 12 to 14, that range. She runs in to give Corey her acceptance letter. Corey opens it. But the whole scene just makes Gina look extremely jealous of Corey. And petty. And petty. And yeah not real that makes
0: so much sense because halfway through the movie they're like harping on Corey going to harvard where no one gave a shit in the first act so that makes a lot of sense that there was a cut scene where she was accepted to harvard in the middle of a work day
1: yeah yeah and then that's weird
0: and why wouldn't you read that shit with your family at home
1: well if you didn't know from context (laughs) and this may be those wonderful extras that i got in this extended version (laughs) um cory got problems at home with her daddy she got daddy well her her dad was always on her to be the best and stuff from my understanding i definitely just think that empire employees were her family i think that's what i was trying to get to why she that's true
0: can we can we discuss for a minute the wonder that is eddie (laughs) does eddie work
1: at empire records that I'm pretty sure. My notes. First of all, Eddie need to be fired whatever job he's at. Okay. Because if he works at the pizza place, which his clothes say that he might work there and he's constantly bringing pizzas and food.
0: And when the girls are sitting outside at the little pizza bistro, shop, yeah. he serves them right? or he comes to talk to them at least. Where? Eddie is everywhere. <laughs> I literally wrote, <laughs> Eddie work there. Joe made him put flyers in the mailboxes. <laughs>
1: is eddie living his best jamaican life like myself and having multiple jobs like i'm just trying to know i
0: I think he works at the pizza place during the day Mm -hmm. and then he comes in for the night shift because he did come in at one point change shirts and put his stuff in one of the little cubbies so in the extended version okay tell me In the extended version. (laughs) I I think that's our first quote, is in the extended (laughs) version. (laughs) Because you and I had two very different experiences (laughs) rewatching this
1: movie. Eddie, you're right. He does come in, changes his clothes, and he goes behind like this special like record area where there's like records and people are like coming to ask him questions. There's a guy, a whole thing where a guy asked him for Eric Clapton. And so he goes through every band Eric Clapton has been in. Like, which one you talking about? You know, whatever. I'm like, okay, so maybe he does work here because clearly he's got his own little booth in section or whatnot. But he definitely should be fired from the pizza shop. I, I feel like I want to be a Karen and call me <laughs> right now and say that your boys out here making weed brownie <laughs> he's always at the place he's supposed to be working at in the nighttime during the daytime. He's not doing a good job.
0: I mean, is it any different than when we worked at Blockbuster and would go to Starbucks for like
1: half an hour each shift? <laughs> yeah, that's where I met Juan. We'll have to talk about that one day.
0: <laughs> it was about this point where I uh was like, this this soundtrack is the fucking tits. Like every single song they play is amazing and fit so perfectly. With and that time period, especially. Yeah, it was amazing right. because the soundtrack is really the guiding force through the whole movie. Like yeah. every single song has
1: a purpose and emotes and emotion to help guide the characters. The writer of the movie, she used to work at Tower Records. So you have to imagine that she is definitely a huge music fan. And on top of that, I think there was like 50 songs in the movie itself, and not all of them made it to the soundtrack. I don't even think. Um,
0: yeah, "Rowing on Juliet by Dire Straits is not on the <laughs> soundtrack, and I take great umbrage with that because I love that song, and that movie was the, my first experience with that song. And so, to buy the soundtrack and it not be on it, and like to figure out who sang that song, you would have to like fast forward, rewind till the perfect. Oh. So it took me a long ass time to figure out who <laughs> sang
1: that song. Yeah. And I
0: love it to this day.
1: <laughs> Another funny thing is the soundtrack actually outperformed the movie itself. So earlier when we are talking about the dumbass studio heads and- how stupid they were. (laughs) Uh, Another stupid mistake that they did was they didn't even try to really promote this movie at all. Like, at all. They were just like, fuck it. So, yeah, there was a lot of bangers on on the um, soundtrack and um, a lot of hit on the music charts, but the movie itself just, like, completely crashed and burned. They didn't even show it at a lot of theaters, but... Yeah, it was, Uh like,
0: uh, released at less than a thousand theaters nationwide or something like that. It really had... It it was... really, really one of those movies that once it came to home video. um, Yeah.
1: Cult classic status for sure.
0: Yeah. 1000%, which is how I saw it. I did not see it in the theater, but As soon as I was able to rent it and I purchased the
1: soundtrack, and it's been in my life ever since. I've been (laughs) quoting it since 95. I am trying to remember when I watched that. You know, I feel like I had to have watched that movie with you because I'll tell you, it's not a movie Christine would have rented from Albertsons with me. Like, so I don't know where it it must have been like
0: I owned it and then. One night we watched it. Yeah. Cause my sister and I watched it a whole hell of a lot.
1: I'm glad that you introduced it to me Then (laughs) 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 It definitely was one of my favorites. Um, one of the things that I feel like we really have to talk about is our girl, Dem. And one of my favorite things, my favorite observations about her character who was played by, uh, Robin Tunney Tunny? How do you say her last name? I think it's Tunny. Um, tell us if we're wrong. (laughs) Um, I wrote this exact quote, Deb cuts off all her hair. She was Britney 2007 before Britney in
0: 2007. Was having a a mental health crisis and was like, fuck it.
1: Yep. But (laughs) the problem I had, and you know, and maybe this is why I'm not in a mental health field and I probably should never be. I was highly upset about the fact that she cut off all her hair not that she cut off all her hair but the fact that she left her hair in the sink after she did it at work so
0: i i have i have a couple of things first off Working in a field where I have to have a lot of behavior training. I was really, really happy with how the characters really rallied around one another. Even if they didn't like each other, like AJ was like, what the fuck, Deb? What's going on with your wrist? And then she like says the thing about like, my hair's still in the sink if you want to glue it. Like she knows his artistic aesthetic. (laughs) Like these people really, really, really know each other. And Ugh. even if they don't hang out, like she knew, like homeboy gl- glued the quarters on the floor. He's going to want to glue that shit in the bathroom.
1: Okay, I'll, I'll take that. <laughs>
0: Like there were others, other examples of them, like just supporting one another in this weird, because it was a family, the funeral that we'll get more into the funeral, but the funeral that Corey throws or throws, like it's a
1: celebration. (laughs) They did. You know what? You're not wrong. There were invites. There were (laughs) hand-drafted invitations. There were. So I guess we can
0: call it a celebration of Deb in the form of a mock funeral
1: a soirée. Um, death.
0: <laughs> I was super super proud of Burko when he goes in to talk to Deb about like whatever happened the night before and like he went to like grab her arm or something hold her hand I don't remember what happened and she was like don't touch me he immediately listened and backed off she advocated for her body autonomy and he immediately was like okay I'm here if you need me but I'm gonna back off I was super impressed this movie is very female forward it is and I'm a lot of really strong leads female leads the first two cops that show up are both female to arrest warren we'll get into warren yeah i just felt like all the male characters really respected the female characters even if they weren't getting along they really respected their their thoughts and their positions well i have two things
1: to say about that one (laughs) except Um. for rex manning (laughs) (laughs) I, I do feel like from a female perspective, it definitely was progressive Um, when the character of Gina is, you know, shows off a little bit of her promiscuity. The only person who's really angry about it is obviously her BFF and reasons that we'll get into, but everybody else is just kind of like whatever. And no one really judges her. It doesn't yeah. feel like there's judgment about it, which I thought was Or great.
0: Or now she's over-sexualized where they're going to be like, oh,
1: Gina's easy. Let me like right. try and tap that. Yeah. Nobody was doing that. I do feel like though on the flip side, I know that the director and the writers had like issues from the studio wanting to insert a different kind of viewpoint over-sexualizing certain things. And mm-hmm. like even Robin Tunney cutting off all her hair um, was- from the response that the studio was giving the director that they felt like she was too pretty for the role not edgy enough um which by the way another fun fact Angelina Jolie almost played Deb but I think her personality was just way too big for this kind of like ensemble piece that they were trying to put together Um, yeah
0: everyone had to have a very neutral ground no one could stand out more than
1: the other yep. characters or it wouldn't work but the other thing is that so she was like okay well if the studio thinks i'm too cute she was like afraid she's gonna get fired so she said i'll, I'll shave my head off not my head <laughs> <laughs> i'll shave my hair off, off. with her head <laughs> I mean, that is, that, that is pretty badass, but no, she was going to shave, she shaved all her hair off. And the funny thing was she shaved it live as they were shooting that scene. So if she fucked up shaving that hair, it was going to be like, they can't do it again, you know? Yeah. So I thought she that did was- an
0: awesome job, although. I had the same thought, Ken said it out loud, but I had the same thought of like, once it was like half shaved, I'm like, that's a really like badass punk rock look. Mm-hmm. And she looked amazing with that
1: hairstyle. And then she shaved it the rest of the way off. On the second end of the spectrum from, you know, like, it's interesting to me how, when I watched movies, when I was younger, the things that were my favorite, I, I definitely looked at it from a gaze of just I really like that movie, you know, but now I definitely am more cognizant of representation and um, intersectionality. And, and so, yeah, they had a lot of strong, say, independent females being able to kind of have their own personalities, not fit fitting into boxes and being progressive. But it did not... I did not, I don't want to gloss over the fact that here's an entire record store and you didn't have one black person working. Yeah, I,
0: I did notice that. And where it would have been really easy to insert different sexualities they, because record stores tend to be a safe place having people uh, of different sexualities represented would have been really easy
1: to insert right and I didn't so
0: yes I did I did notice there was one black cop
1: there were yes so that was the other issue that I had so I thought to myself because at one point because I'm not quite sure where it was supposed to take place but when Rex Manning comes to the store um, his manager Jane says to, or whoever his handler Jane says to Mm-hmm. him well you know he's like i don't want to be here i hate it here and she's like well middle america buys your record so i'm like okay maybe it's in very very white middle america but the they were in new jersey
0: they were in jersey because he went to atlantic city
1: well he had to be close enough to jersey so i'm we'll pretty say that. sure
0: okay so I'm it could have sure been it could
1: have been pennsylvania it could have been i don't know but yeah it's probably jersey Let, let's go
0: into warren because that's the next thing on my list, and I just wrote fucking Warren.
1: <laughs> I wrote, I, what did I write? I think a, enter Warren. <laughs> and then I wrote respect for Warren because he had Dr. Dre and Whitney when he stole his music. Sorry if you can hear the cat screaming.
0: This <laughs> <laughs> is um, that- had
1: his auntie. <laughs>
0: That'll be our running theme is just the cats interrupting our conversation.
1: <laughs> so there are two scenes that happen like after everything with Warren. Um we go through um the we meet, us meeting Rex Manning. I wrote, what is that Velvet? Um <laughs> for rex manning's outfit they said tom jones was a huge you know like inspiration for his outfit and character so
0: please let's talk about like we need to break it down because he had the satin long sleeve almost like the puffy shirt from seinfeld but it was purple and then we moved down to the crushed velvet and my husband loves a crushed velvet which is the the (laughs) the source of many arguments the crushed velvet pants and then in a later scene i noticed the fringe that was on both the sleeve of the shirt and the leg of the pants oh. Did you
1: oh but you missed the oh and the best <laughs> no the best part was the hair okay we have ways we have <laughs> curls we have flips we have and side then we
0: have, And then we have the duck butt in the back.
1: <laughs> oh my God. He was giving us all types of life. In, in well, that. and we
0: mentioned the hair several times. <laughs> and everyone is reassuring to him because of course he's the star. Bitch, your hair look a mess. Why don't you fix it? Go in the bathroom, rub some of Deb's old hair <laughs>
1: do something with it. (laughs) Let's talk about Rex Manning Day. Okay. So that is a huge theme throughout the whole movie, this Rex Manning Day. So we've talked quite a bit about Rex Manning, but um It was uh revealed, I think, like 2015 by Ethan Embry, that there is like an actual meaning behind Rex Manning Day. So, April 8th is actually in honor of Kurt Cobain because that is the day that they found his body. It's kind of just like this inside thing that everybody in the movie knew that Rex Manning Day was on April 8th and that's what, the whole meaning behind it. And they never even mention anything about it. And even some really big nerds <laughs> figured it out before like it was revealed you know people had the understanding which i thought was really cool because i just feel like when you look at the 90s that was like you know the grunge era and when he died yeah. was just kind of a stopping point in a change in the shift of going yeah it was into a, cat- a different it was
0: like it was a catalyst for change yeah. in um music and movies Style and things like and that and just yeah. honoring him in that way was really neat. But yet, yeah, and it was kind of nice to have for a really long time, like this cast
1: bonding secret that no one else knew right except for them yeah and they they actually shot I didn't know they shot the movie the same year that they found Kurt Cobain it's just it it was an interesting fact that I didn't even know so that was cool to find out
0: yeah okay so one of my most favorite scenes is when Joe just locks himself in his office. And girl, starts- I got it. I got it in my notes. <laughs> I literally just wrote Joe drumming scene with three hearts. Because it is the best. And then that goes into this odd dancing montage. Which I also really, really love. <laughs> but like, I don't know. It just, it makes me so happy every time I see it. We Joe's old
1: had- drumming scene. We had two very different experiences. <laughs> I'm not surprised. I wrote Joe is in crisis and has time to flirt with Jane and play the drums. Random. Random.
0: Okay, can we also just jump back when we're talking about hairstyles? Jane in that horrible peroxide orange pussycat wig. Debbie Mazar is amazing. She is. And they
1: did her dirty. So dirty. She is, you know, out of the entire cast, she has aged the best. She looks beautiful I watch her on yes. younger if and if you haven't watched that show you should it's really good yeah I was just like this is just trash this is tragic
0: yeah it's like they knew the hair was bad because they always had her in an awful hat as well I'm like why what just redye it do something give her give her a wit like I just don't understand Debbie Mazar in her natural brunette with the, the laser ice blue eyes she looks stunning And I don't know if they were like trying to pretty her down because they wanted Liv and Renee to be the focus. I don't know what was happening there. It was bad. The other question I had is AJ just paints a lot in the back and then randomly Joe tells him, go fix the sign. So is he a registered electrician as well (laughs) as an artiste and working at the
1: record store? I think everybody who works at Empire is just multi-talented i wrote in my notes this is a quote they were a crafty bunch They <laughs> were a
0: crafty bunch i agree
1: they were a crafty they bunch. they all had
0: their own talents apparently deb's doing the taxes in one of the record booths right and did she pull a whole computer in there because i know they didn't have laptop laptops from, in yet she had a full keyboard <laughs> so
1: I got questions and could Deb do my taxes? Right. <laughs> Absolutely. Um, there who else made um who made the buttons? Deb made buttons. Deb. Um, Mark sucks. Um, my my w-
0: favorite, <laughs> one of my favorite lines where he just giggles and says, Mark sucks and holds up the button. Gets can, me every
1: time. Can we talk about the funeral? So okay, let's hold on. Let me
0: um get to my well, no,
1: because the funeral's later all right fine sorry everybody jackie took way more notes than me <laughs> and i'm not the- at the funeral yet <laughs> you, had-
0: how, do, how do you have less notes than me and watch the extended edition
1: i got tired of writing this shit down. <laughs> it was super hard to watch a movie and then try to take notes i was like this is this is difficult
0: Now we meander into Corey seducing Rex. So
1: I just want to remind Um, everybody again that Liv Tyler was 17 when she shot the movie and the studio, I have to bring them back up. The director didn't find it necessary for Corey's character to be in her bra and underwear in that scene when she's trying to seduce Rex. But the studio was adamant that that element was necessary.
0: Which apparently she had to borrow her friend G Gina's bra girl.
1: I didn't put it in my notes, but I knew I had to talk about it. Okay. You definitely
0: not, definitely not the same cup size. So I don't even know how Corey fit in Gina's bra, but on my worst day, I would never be like, Hey, Danielle, give me a bra.
1: (laughs) First and foremost, let's not even pretend that your boobs would be swimming in these cups. Okay. So I, I, yeah, I, like, there would be no a lot way. of
0: stuffing going on. Yeah, the problem. And I am not tiny up top, <laughs> but there is a very vast difference between your <laughs> cup size and my cup size.
1: Yeah. I, <laughs> I just, the thing that was weird to me was like, why are we sharing bras? It,
0: especially if you plan on just getting naked anyway. It, it was so convoluted because like the studio could have just made us think that Corey was wearing a bra all day. Why did we right. have to borrow Gina's bra?
1: Think- um and
0: then the bra and the panty did not match and those panties she looked like a child I felt pedophilia
1: themed oh my gosh that those were children's panties
0: yeah because they had the weird they were all Little white they yeah. weren't granny but they had the ruffles on the front to accentuate the crotch area it was the most bizarre like I love that outfit it's such an iconic outfit but the undergarments just baffled my mind.
1: Yeah, the the scene was unnecessary, and um, again, Liv Tyler was seventeen, and it wasn't like she was doing this with you know AJ or one of her contemporaries. Even though I still say that they were older than her in real life. Yeah, no, she's doing it with, as you put it, the grandpa. um it's just, <laughs> I mean, and then call
0: a spade a spade, didn't you? <laughs>
1: But the other problem, not even a problem, but just an observation I thought was super weird. So he's he protests and you can feel like I don't even know if it was the actor who just felt really uncomfortable or that was how he was playing it, but I feel like the character itself would have been just down for it.
0: Yes. He yeah, there would have been no protest, especially after like he like finally concedes
1: and is like rock and roll. And like he would have done that shit right away. And I feel like maybe that was the director's attempt to try to cause like I think he didn't feel comfortable with how things went. Um, yeah. But also, no, this dude did not pull out ranch dressing and said, I guess, I hope you like ranch. What kind of section is he into? What? Is that the extended cutting? <laughs> Twas, because these. what I
0: saw was rock and roll. He pulls his dick out and she panics and runs out of the room.
1: Oh, let me give you another <laughs> extended cut. Um, he looks at her protest then he when he finally caves he unzips his pants and he has ranch dressing from that little like meal she provided him with the salad um Did and you know he, he pulls the ranch dressing and he says rock and roll I hope you like ranch and he looks what? like he's getting ready to pour the ranch on his junk so, what what the what the fuck no 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 yeah, no, no. yeah. Oh, my God, Danielle. (laughs) Yo, you don't know what you're missing out on this damn extended cut. And I love how I don't know which parts. (laughs) The ranch dressing. Yeah. Oh, my God. Yeah. (laughs) I know the, I, I know the commercial says it goes on everything, but does it, does it, I mean, why would you even need that? Right. So because uh,
0: par- it seemed like he wanted a blow job right. at first. So why would you even need the ranch dressing? It's not like you need lube. I didn't even go there, Jackie. I thought he was using
1: the ranch dressing for the, for lube or no. just for her, her benefit for the blowjob i thought that's what he was i didn't even think about lubrication like ew either way all of it's bad and i think if that was really a very, bad really good idea to cut that out 100 percent. i'm sorry you had to witness that <laughs> yeah me too
0: um moving on so uh, can we then the freak out like second act third act third act
1: begins yeah. right i have um cory is a psycho
0: but, okay, so rewind a little bit. Gina gets mad at Corey. Corey gets mad at Gina. Um, Gina's great plan is to Sleep anger fuck
1: Rex Manning, Rex
0: Manning she's in the like, copy room.
1: Oh, I'm a hoe. I'm gonna prove that shit. Yeah. That's what she said.
0: So weird. She she has her way with Rex Manning and then she comes out and Corey wants to leave because she's had this fight with her best friend and then realizes her best friend has now slept with her like icon. dream. <laughs> And so then they get into this knockdown, drag out, screaming at each other fight, which I mean, there was no physical altercation except for, no,
1: I was just going to say, there's no fighting, like fighting with your best friend, because that bitch knows everything and knows all the pain points.
0: Yeah. Like she can press your buttons like no others, but the velocity at which she threw those pills at Corey, I was like, God damn. I was like, bitch, you got pharmacy money for this shit? You better pick up every one of those pills. (laughs) Shit. And there were a shit ton of pills all over the floor. I'm like, how many takes did they do where they just didn't clean them up? Mm. Because Corey was picking up quite a few pills and that box wasn't that big. But I was like, the the veracity at which Gina was hurling those pills at Corey was unsettling.
1: (laughs) Yeah. Their friendship was toxic. I'm just going to say it. Corey is a psycho. I mean, we got a few glimpses of it. I think the real like full on glimpse was when she went to ask Joe to bring Rex his lunch earlier. Oh my gosh. And
0: she just screamed at him.
1: Yeah. Yeah. And I love how Joe just kind of rolls with it. He knows all of these people's personalities and disorders yes. and he's just like, all right, sure. <laughs> Bringo. rex's lunch don't forget the ranch <laughs> and I, I i do like that he you know he checks on deb and you he know, does
0: and he even like does that thing where he's like you're doing a good job like yeah. he just wants to let her know that he he sees her yeah doing which her was ta- really doing, nice
1: doing the taxes in the, doing the ta- <laughs> with the- is it
0: even taxed i guess it's april 8th their taxes were due yes Deb was really supportive after Corey had her like full-blown meltdown. I I think it was for her. Um, it was refreshing to see that she was a real
1: person and
0: not like perfect.
1: perfect robot. Yeah. I think it made her feel better that, you know, she had all these feelings and all these things that were making her sad and stressed. And um, she was, I think she was projecting that, judgment she felt on herself and feeling that that's how other people felt about her you know and that's why you shouldn't be mean to people you don't know what they're going through behind those doors uh, everyone has a story
0: I do want to note after Deb is like talking to Corey after helping her like splash water on her face and stuff while Deb's on the toilet she did not wash her hands before leaving the
1: restroom (laughs) all right I'm glad you brought this up and I don't know if it would have been as big of a deal pre-COVID. But as I watched that movie, I counted how many times people licked things. Gina, nice. Gina, especially. Oh, that was gross. Licking the record? Like, who does she, that? She not only licked the record, when they got the jar of money, and maybe that wasn't Gina, that was Mark. Um, they all kissed the jar of money and Mark licked the side of the, the money. Are. Are so many germs. Yeah. If they
0: knew, then what we know now.
1: They did know. <laughs> That's the thing. They did know. <laughs> germs were still there. There then. So what is that? So then
0: Warren comes back. I don't know how he was released so soon after shoplifting.
1: First of all, Warren comes back twice. He gets twice. out of of his jail. Yeah. Yeah.
0: So this is like he's taken away and he comes back apparently booked and released for shoplifting with a fucking revolver and starts wildly pointing and shooting and the people from
1: the back come running out front and the way they did it like they were so excited and having fun like everybody was about oh i'm okay with getting shot today
0: 100 percent like it was, I was like, mm, y'all didn't have active shooter training, and it shows
1: because <laughs>
0: there was a perfectly fine exit door. Y'all were standing right next they to it. They didn't try
1: to get everyone out to safety. They, they ran towards the psycho with the huge ass gun. And the thing that Warren was, it was very nerve wracking because the way he was like flinging the gun for an accident, a, a definite accident shooting. And then, of course, who comes straight towards the the gun, right in her face. But yeah, ba- badass baller. That's not badass. <laughs> the moment she did that, okay. So, first of all, we, we know that she tried to kill herself with a pink lady Beck, which I do give them credit for showing that the scars were in the right direction when trying to commit mm-hmm. suicide. So many yes. times they show that wrong. Not that <laughs> maybe that's not a good thing, but it was realistic in that sense. Yeah um
0: or i always thought that it was like deb's cry for help because she i feel like she knew if she really wanted to kill herself she knew which way the blade needed to go but she did go the right way no she went no she went she went this way. I it was I, not
1: I thought no. I saw this. Maybe it was an extended cut. And then they said this is too real. And they took it out cuz I thought I saw I saw a few in the other Because
0: direction. I read I read in was it the craft she did it the right way. Oh okay. I'd have to go and double check my sources on that, but I'm like I legit remember in my brain when I watched it on Wednesday, noting that they were all horizontal.
1: I just was, uh, I was disappointed that they, like they showed that they were there for her, but she needed real help. They, I don't think there was enough of a, like this is, Mm -hmm. yes, it's a cry for help, but someone actually tried to take their life, you know, going to work the next day and everybody acting like we're going to do a fake funeral. Just felt like that kind of gave the wrong, you know, message. Yeah. Oh, well, let's
0: talk about the funeral now.
1: What were your thoughts? I think it was nice that, um, like you said, their family, despite everything, they all care about each other, even though they're different. So I thought it was a great opportunity for everyone to kind of say nice things about Deb. And I would have liked that more if they had at least gone a full round of everyone really saying how much they cared about her. But it's, I think,
0: I think, them just showing up I think was enough for Deb to know that like these people actually care about me because no one's going to show up for a, a janky fake funeral unless you really cared about that person's well-being they,
1: they don't have any work to do so I don't know if it was a problem <laughs> Um, but I thought it was crazy that Corey created the thing and then she spent the whole time talking about how upset she and her best friend weren't talking I was like so you finally get this girl to like you which is Deb yeah and you guys connect and you try to do this nice thing for her and you haven't said one nice thing about her but instead you're talking about your best friend this is true so I didn't I didn't like that that's why I was yeah. like if they did a full round or at least two or three people really saying how they felt about her before yeah. going into like this very selfish I miss maybe as friend you know, kind of situation, I would have appreciated that more, but I did write in my notes. So they just had candles and weird stuff at the store for a funeral.
0: Well, don't forget the cross with the moss on it. (laughs) Oh
1: man. Yeah.
0: Well, I mean, AJ had his shit there, so they were covered. Maybe that was the whole catalyst for AJ being an artist was so that when they did the faux funeral, they could be like oh just aj has weird shit all the time
1: well that was the other thing he too didn't say anything nice about deb he started crying like a little bitch for a second about i want to go to art school but i just i don't know and then he's like oh i'll go check the register i was like wait a minute (laughs) i feel like aj aj and corey were um seth and um yep summer before seth and summer I only thought you were going in a completely different direction the only reason I said that is because they ended up both going to it does Boston. mirror that yeah they both go and, to- it was,
0: and, and it was yeah our summer school. was academic and yeah. Seth was arts, arts at RIS- RISD
1: is
0: that how you say it
1: yeah oh, I'm just
0: okay. I'm just surprised when's the last time you rewatched the the OC?
1: girl me? don't even get me started <laughs>
0: I mean, I rewatched it last year, so I got no room to talk. But <laughs> shit still holds up. That's all I'm gonna say. So then we get toward towards the end of the movie, and now it's we need to sem- save Empire Records mode. No,
1: let me just stop you right there. Okay. Warren gets arrested mm-hmm. for the second time. Uh huh. Now tell <laughs> tell me if this is the extended cut. They bring him outside. You see that they're about to put him in the cop car. Now Mark, Mark runs outside. Yes, he's got a—he's a man with a plan. <laughs> and Means. because all of a sudden he knows that there are news stations out. There's a news station outside, um, and he goes and tells about the party. I—I I say, damn the people. man,
0: save the empire. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I have no problem with that. I love <laughs> free publicity. He's a man. <laughs> Uh, beyond his uh marketing um skills but so we don't actually see Warren go in the car so I'm wondering do they just let him free because it's not even five minutes before he's back in the store this is
0: true and maybe I don't know like I feel like there were blanks in the gun right maybe in this weird twisted fantasy world where like you you don't have to serve time for your crimes. They were just like, oh, there's blinks in the gun. It was harmless. And like, just let him go, maybe? I don't know. Because he immediately comes in. He's mad. They say, do you want a job? Like, he gets a fucking job offer out. Like, it is bizarre. And that's when I wrote down, Joe was the collector of lost souls. He was a collector of something. (laughs) And then AJ makes him a name tag. That was right before the cops took him because he's like, hold on to it and I'll be back. And
1: what? then he
0: came back. In five minutes. He so said, hold my beer. Mark creates this brilliant plan, raise money for Empire
1: Records. I don't even know if he had a brilliant pan- plan. He didn't say raise money. He said, we're going to have a party. That's all- This
0: is 100%. And he says it's free.
1: Yeah, so that wasn't his plan. He just wanted a party. <laughs>
0: so then they start setting up for a band to play on the roof and um, then
1: it was marco's band burko's band yes that's what i meant <laughs>
0: aj starts putting out apparently all those giant paintings were aj's paintings that from were his, hung up all over
1: from his studio
0: from his studio in the back <laughs> and so he starts just selling all of his paintings which like you do you like you made him I would have sold them for more than $80, but that's
1: just me. Um sometimes people don't know their worth. It's so sad. And then Danielle. Gina
0: suddenly confesses that she wants to sing and they're gonna give her an opportunity to sing. Why did they not get an actress that could sing?
1: Oh no, we're not doing this. <laughs>
0: we're not. We're not doing. Hold that. on, hold on. No, no, no. Just listen. At this time, Renee, not a great singer. she has had lessons and gotten better. I e. Chicago.
1: Fine, but okay. So lessons can only take you so far. There has to be raw talent, and that song wasn't like some Queen masterpiece or anything like that. We don't know what direction Renee got. I'm just saying, let, let's keep Renee's mouth, name out of our mouths about her singing.
0: Um, okay, that's fine.
1: <laughs> what about the dancing? <laughs> you, you know, I can go in on, on, on that all day. All day. That spastic, I don't know if she's having a seizure, is she um, having a diabetic sugar rush <laughs> as she sings
0: about it there's there's Com- lots of
1: convulsions, head
0: head bobbling lots of arm flailing
1: there's this thing she does with her fist where it <laughs> it's not quite clenched yes but it's shaking violently <laughs> yes. as
0: if she was holding a soda and shaking it up
1: it's as if she was having a diabetic episode and the song was a then, real life biography. And then she shakes it out yeah. like her
0: hands loosen and she's got to shake it out. I don't, I feel like she was, she could have been given more direction as to how to dance or maybe not dance because this wasn't a super dancey song. I, I get she was excited, but do some like kicks or
1: like, stomping I'm let's gonna, let's leave the hands and the head out of it i'm gonna say what we're all thinking i
0: mean i have no room to talk because <laughs> i cannot dance nor can i carry a tune but i know where my strengths
1: lie she was no julia styles dancing <laughs> on top of a table oh, god did yeah oh i thought you were gonna go to save the last dance. no or we're not no, there yet was that yeah <laughs> That is save the Ooh. no. I meant, I meant Biggie in the background. Julia styles on the table, giving it her life. I was like, okay. I remember that yes, movie. Yes, I do. Like, oh, uh-uh. she she feeling it, but definitely not the dance move she was bringing to save the last dance. Some executives saw that and said, yes, let's put her in there. But we're not going to go there today. Okay. Yes. Yeah.
0: Yeah. Um. So wrapping up, I feel like. Number one, how many takes were ruined by wardrobe malfunctions? I mean, because there were a lot of fucking short skirts Thank you. and I'm assuming no bras. How many times did like asses hang out or panties were shown or like it was just. It brought a whole new level of difficulty to shooting the movie, I
1: feel. I think it makes it easier when you don't really have much of an ass. Oh, well. That's fair. Because when Renee was up on the awning and she was trying to, on the roof and trying to pull, like she's doing manual labor trying to pull these drum sets up. And I'm just like, so we're supposed to believe that nothing is showing from this short-ass skirt. But even even in that skirt, nothing. And I don't think they edited it. I just think there was no acetal to fall out.
0: (laughs) This is true. I, I really, really love this movie, even though it's bizarre and parts of it make no sense at all. I, I do really appreciate the fleshed out characters. I feel like every character was unique and different and it is totally watchable even today. Like I didn't feel like it had aged poorly at
1: all. Yeah. I didn't have a, I definitely didn't have a cringe feeling about it. And um, I I think that it held up pretty well. Um, I the the problem with this movie, like the nostalgia basis, it, it definitely was one of the movies that I liked, but it wasn't one of the movies I watched so so much that. Which I, for me, it was like the I don't know what to watch. Oh, let's put
0: Empire Records in,
1: right? So I don't have like that cemented feeling of what I originally thought of the movie. So. I think that actually gave me an advantage to look at it with fresh eyes, especially the extended cut. That Plus she's got the extended version. <laughs> but I, I thought it was good. I, I thought that it, it was what it was. And it very much gave me that feeling of nostalgia in the sense of it's been so long since we were teenagers getting to work in an av- environment with other teenagers and just yeah. having all those different personalities and being and able to like- have fun at work. Well, I mean, how do you think we did our first episode? it's It's in the bag we're, we're done. I mean, yeah, I think there's a lot
0: to to go through because <laughs> uh, we went for a really long time. We did not hit our projected time at all. There's a lot of filler we can cut. Yeah, I think once we get into the groove, it'll be a lot more fun. Excited to do more of the movies. I'm excited.
1: <laughs> oh boy, yeah. I mean, I say if you want to do something, the hardest part is just doing something, you know? So So. here we
0: are. Sorry if we totally bored you with our conversation about Empire Records. Hopefully you took something away from it. Man, fucking ranch dressing. That's going to stay with me for a while.
1: I won't be able to have a salad for a while. (laughs) 100%. I did
0: uh, have a surprise for you because i told you i was gonna go i have saved every movie ticket i've ever <laughs> gone to the movies to see so i because i did not uh see empire records in the theater i did find me hide it's so faded you probably can't even see it anyway but i'm gonna hide it i found our first movie we saw together what The movie ticket. Is it uh well i figured that could maybe be a challenge for our <laughs> listeners <laughs> Yes, everybody,
1: please guess, because I don't even remember (laughs) what movie it was.
0: So I will say it is from spring of 1998. The movie was released either March, April, May, mid-June of 1998. And let's see what your guesses
1: are. The first movie Danielle and I ever saw. Can can I get another clue? (laughs) (laughs) Can you say what the genre might have been? That makes it too easy doesn't to it? Damn. Okay. Um, <laughs> all right. Well, I will be guessing with everybody else. <laughs> we have to rate the movie. Oh, well, I think we both know what our rating
0: is. 1,000% would buy it again, did
1: buy again. Uh, if it
0: If I ever lost my iTunes, I would be purchasing it from any other streaming service, uh, probably the extended edition, because I feel like there is shit I missed out on. Oh. I may be buying the extended di- edition
1: tonight just to watch it. You missed out, man. You missed out. <laughs> well, thanks everybody for joining us. I hope you had fun because we definitely <laughs> did. Um, continue to check in on us. We're going to have more podcasts with fun and quirky 90s late 90s 2000 movies and um check us out on social we have a Twitter account, Instagram, TikTok and it's No More Late Fees and Facebook. And share this with a friend if you want to have them dive into some nostalgia with us. That'll be great.
0: And thank you for listening to the No More Late Fees podcast.